Welcome to the ER. I am Lee Drogan, founder and CEO at Estimize. I'm in our New York City offices today, joined on the phone by Sean Udall from sunny Arizona. Uh, Sean's Twitter handle is Udall Techstrat. He's an independent trader who publishes a technology strategy report and previously was the risk manager for a $100 billion portfolio for a major financial company. Uh, as well on the phone uh, from the West Coast, which is up in flames right now, which is, I hope you're, Rob, are you, uh, where are you actually? You're in LA, but uh, which part of yeah. LA? Well, I'm in like Northeast LA, so I'm far from the fire as well. All right, that's good. I saw, um, yeah. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, the Kardashian hired some private uh, firefighters to protect her fifty million dollar mansion. So some crazy stuff going on out in LA right now. Uh, we hope everybody out there is safe. So Rob DiFrancesco, uh, he's the founder and managing editor of Tech Stock Prospector, which is a great independent investment research newsletter, uh, which was started in two thousand three, and uh, you can find him on Twitter at uh, at Rob DiFrancesco. Uh, recently from our podcast studio in New York's Flatiron District, we had the following conversation. So I want to start out today, we're going to cover a couple of things. Um, we're most of the way through the quarter here on tech, so we're going to get general reactions from these guys. As everybody knows, Rob and Sean are uh, our two really best enterprise technology analysts on, on Estimize. Um, we're going to go over some of the bigger beats and misses, uh, get their general market uh, reaction here. Um, general market issues related to Apple and the big tech names as well as semis. Apple had a really bad down day here today. Market looks pretty rough overall. Uh, so big M&A, uh, we still haven't gotten their um, reactions to Red Hat and uh, a big acquisition this morning before they did their IPO uh, from Qualtrics, $8 billion. So we're going to talk some M&A. And then what's left in tech before the year end. So there's still some interesting names left. Um, we've got a couple that we're going to, uh, that we're going to go over and still, you know, potentially some good opportunities to uh, hit some of these quarters here. So let's just start it off and I'm going to, um, take a look at the Estimize earnings edge here, uh, for, you know, biggest beats and misses. And, I, you know, because we're talking tech and a lot of these names are really revenue names, not EPS names. I just want to mention a couple of the really big beats and then a couple of the really big misses. So one of the names that uh, we had all kind of assumed was going to get wrecked here, you know, because of the Apple stuff and was Cirrus, which actually put up a huge 10% beat against the Estimize uh, numbers, which were higher than the street. Um, Alarm, really good quarter from Alarm here, beat by 10%. Uh, Twilio just crushed numbers on uh, both EPS and revenue, 59% EPS uh, beat and an 8% revenue beat, which was a really big number. Twitter also had a really good quarter on the revenue side. Splunk had a really good quarter as well on the revenue side. Um, Snap did beat on revs, but their you know user numbers were terrible, and so that continues to get absolutely pummeled. Uh, Koopa Software had a really good uh, print. CyberArk had a really good revenue print. Um, Yandex, which I think kind of gets lost in, in everything else, uh, continues to put up really good numbers, uh, 4% revenue beat. Um, so it might be interesting to go over that one because we don't talk about it too much, maybe because of the geopolitical stuff associated with Russia, you know, being economically weak, but that company itself, you know, having done really well. Um, and th those are the big beats on the misses side here, uh, on the revenue, um, uh, we've got stuff like, uh, I'm just trying to pick stuff that isn't like so small. Um, AMD had a pretty rough quarter missed by 6% on the revenue side that obviously leading to some of the softness in semis. Um, let's see what else here. C trip had a bad revenue print, which is interesting coming out of China with the Chinese weakness. JD obviously as well had a bad revenue print, same thing, Chinese weakness, um, I'm trying to find some of the other kind of bigger names here and, and who really got uh, smashed around. Um, I'm seeing just a lot of like smaller semiconductor names, which had bad, uh, you know, bad quarters here on the revenue side. 
interestingly enough, um, Tableau had a pretty bad revenue print, had also a bad EPS print. So we might want to talk about that. Um, again, Alibaba had a bad revenue print. Melly uh, had a bad revenue print. So, you know, you're, you're kind of getting the, you know, the theme for it here. Um, and then Yelp had a really bad print and warned. Um, so we might want to talk about that one as well. So just, I, I want to open it up to you guys having given kind of an overview of, you know, what the quarter generally looked like. Uh, Sean, you know, what were your biggest surprises and, uh, did it kind of come out as you expected, you know, when we talked a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. You know, for me, I think it kind of did because I, I wasn't expecting, uh, maybe as, you know, I was expecting oh, still a lot of beats, but the beats to not be nearly as impressive, especially from sort of the Fang and the, and sort of the, the, the more expensive sort of cloud contingent names, uh, we still saw plenty, pl- plenty of good reports, but I think I think the magnitude of the beats was a little bit smaller. A couple of the ones you mentioned specifically that had a really good quarter didn't have very good guide. Like like, and, and we'll we will I know you you want to talk about Apple and some of the implications of Apple, but like Cirrus had a great quarter, uh, but I think they guided down about six and a half to eight percent, maybe even a little bit more. Um, we can talk about that in relation to light uh, Lumentum later, but uh, there was a couple others, uh, some of the ones where the, where the current quarter beat was good, but the guide wasn't so good, and the stocks traded lower. Um, but but yeah, I mean, you kind of nailed the ones I actually thought are that maybe one of the more surprising ones. And I want to say that Yuli had one of the highest revenue numbers on Estimize was way higher than mine was Twitter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I kind of was mystified how poorly Twitter had been trading when, uh, to me, that was a pretty easy call that, the you know, they could either keep hold revenues, you know, at that kind of 20 to 23% revenue growth rate or even accelerate them. And they actually accelerated revenue growth. Um, I was just going to mention CyberArk. You mentioned that. Uh, security, Rob can add to this. Security was strong. Carbon Black had a good, really good quarter in guide, but poor reaction. I just, I just want to, I just want to mention with CyberArk, like that thing closed the day before earnings, uh, right around 70, 71 and a half opened, uh, let's see, um, 83.50 and closed that day at 76. It's now trading at 74 and a half. So even great reports like CyberArk have just been yeah. at, treated super poorly here. Yeah, in fact, I was so, so uh, the, the conclusion that I was going to like, so FireEye has reacted better. I'm not nearly as good a report, but it's much cheaper stock. So the, the companies that have acted the best were sort of maybe less impressive reports, but the stocks were super beaten up. And thus, the, the more, you know, much more of the upside has kind of come from this this rotation effect that that I kind of thought we were going to have when we talked last time. So basically selling of Fang, selling of NVIDIA. I think NVIDIA is like, like, like 60, 70, 80 points down mm-hmm. from where we had our last call. Well, let's, um, before we get, before we get to Rob here, I just want to point out, so let, let's just do a really quick review of your kind of long Qualcomm short, let's say NVIDIA and some of the other names. The NVIDIA side of that definitely worked out real well. The Qualcomm side, not as well here. Up until basically a couple of days ago, it had worked. And then the last three days, it's been straight down. Yeah, they, I mean, they had a poor guide too. I think I think people kind of missed, or people being the analysts kind of missed that. I think that they had already taken out the numbers, the Apple numbers. I mean, again, Apple basically quit paying Qualcomm what, what they contractually said they were going to pay them. So I think, I think people missed... They, they had the numbers taken out from kind of prior revenues that they missed, but they didn't take out the forward numbers. So I think I think what you're seeing now is the sort of the chip sales and some of the things that they would have gotten had this dispute not been going on. Um, the analysts kind of misestimated the, the hit to that. But uh, that's an exceedingly cheap stock. But, yeah, I mean, so, you know, if you're long one and short others and the ones you're short go down more, it's it's okay. Yeah, well, that's, um, the, in, in, you know, the nature of a long short <laughs> trade there, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, but I, you know, at the same time, it, it's kind of funny because uh, we, we've had some bigger misses. Some of the bigger misses that you had talked about, too, we finally saw weakness in semi-cap equipment names. So I'm trying to, you know, things like, uh, and not all of these maybe were misses, but like an I-Core, which is a small semi-cap name. I think we're going to see applied materials this week, but CLAC, that's K-L-A-C. 
um, LAM research. I, I don't know if we have any of the semi-cap names report and guide well. I, I, I can't think of any of them that re, like had a, had a beat and raise quarter this quarter. So they, if, if they beat, they guided lower, and some of them missed the quarter and guided lower. Rob, what were your what were your kind of biggest takeaways? Um, I agree that I think one of the main things, of course, has been muted reaction. So even if the numbers were good, um, the stock sold off. And then in some cases, even like Food Point had good numbers for Q3, but then their first look into next year was conservative. So that sold off. But the, with Food Point, they did the same thing last year. They tend to be pretty conservative in their initial guidance. Um, but uh, also generally, um, I, I know that Q3 is a seasonally slower quarter for tech, but I, the names that I cover, I'm generally seeing a, a a deceleration in revenue growth. I mean, you saw the, you know, the ones that uh, the ones that have been doing really well, like Twilio, Shopify, Alteryx, Trade Desk. They're all doing, you know, close six percent or more revenue growth. Uh, at this point, SailPoint. This quarter, SailPoint got in there. Yeah, uh, they do identity. Just a good, so good print as well pretty. there. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, that was at the top of the list, but I didn't mention it. The thing about them, that was a lot of pulled business in from Q. That was some pulled business in from Q4, so. The Q4 guidance wasn't as strong. Right. Um, but, like, what I see is, like, a lot of stuff that maybe is up, up to 30, you know, growing up to 30% in Q2 is now over 30% or even in the phase. So that's kind of just, And then a lot of stuff that I was selling that was growing 40% is now in the 30 So I don't know if it's, you know, a trend or seasonally. But definitely, um, uh, you know, I think that um, the stocks that are, that really, you know, like, you got, like, Twilio, that went to a new high. And, uh, I think Shopify did pretty well. So there were some positive reactions. Alteryx, I believe, went to a new high also uh, based on that. So, um, But generally, I said it was just muted. Uh, you had to do really well to, for your stock to, to rise. From these, these I mean, Lay, here, here's the thing. It's I, I kind of think we have risk off. I, we've had risk off most of this quarter. I even You can almost pencil in. You either want to say from certainly from October 1st, uh, I could go all the way back to probably – mid-August, and pretty much since there was a specific day, maybe August 9th or 10th, pretty much since then we've been risk-off. So you can attribute it to lots of things. I think China trade and the, kind of the fear of the midterms was, was a bigger issue than rates, but maybe it's all free. Yeah, I mean, so just I think Shopify is actually a really good example here. I'm actually really surprised that given Shopify's place in the hedge fund momentum portfolio, that it's not actually down over the last couple of months. Um, the thing has hung in there and it had a really good report, but this would be a name that you would assume would have been left for dead in a momentum meltdown. Yeah. And momentum, you know, has underperformed value and quality, uh, you know, over, um, well, for the year now, but, but also obviously over the, you know, this last couple of months. Um, you know, another one that we talk about a lot, HubSpot had a great report, but really, you know, has sold off since it popped on the on the announcement. The last three days have been terrible. Um, it's really, you know, this. I think we all mentioned this coming in that this was a kind of risk off quarter that everybody had been kind of like, let's rotate to lower beta and, uh, you know, low, long, low beta, short, high beta. And that has been a trade that has definitely worked out. Uh, a lot better than being long these these high beta names, except for a couple of tiny pockets of things that have reacted well and maybe hung in there. Um, I guess the question now is, you know, we see kind of that it doesn't, and Rob mentioned this, that yes, you're seeing deceleration in some of these kind of 40% growers to, you know, mid thirties or whatever. And yeah, that does have obvious implications for multiples. Um, but I'd like to kind of bring up, you know, this mm, enterprise, you know, CapEx super cycle question. Now, having seen these reports, is this over or are we all still in agreement that no, there's there's nothing wrong with the CapEx cycle here that uh, even with maybe mainstream uh, or sorry, main, main street companies pulling back on, you know, some investment that, uh, you know, what's the feeling on go forward here for this CapEx cycle? Well, my, I mean, my view is that we were almost kind of do. So even in a strong either uptrend or downtrend, there's always uh, a counter trend move, right? So, so whether you believe that, you know, the, the CapEx super cycles, uh, third inning, fifth inning, or seventh inning, 
I don't think it's ninth inning. Um, I don't think I, I would probably say we're we're sort of mid innings. Um, but but again, Rob, Rob kind of hit it. We're we're this is all this is always almost a, this is almost always one of the toughest quarters for Tech. And there's there's various reasons for it. But this is always a seasonally tough quarter for Tech. It's not year end. Um, you, you also have some companies tend to guide very conservatively for the next whole year. And so, so there's lots of reasons. So I guess one thing we have to see is how much real slowdown is going to actually be from things like China, things from higher rates, things from just general, general pulling in because people don't feel as confident now. And what would be, and, and what would be the metric that you would be looking for to say, yeah, maybe there's real actual issues there in spending? Um, you, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to put, put your finger on one because every, every company kind of has their own thing here. Here's the one thing that we're not seeing that I would say is tra- traditional metric. So a lot of times when you have this thing, this risk off trade and a pause in a cycle, you, you will get a strengthening of the dollar and you get what I call the blaming of the dollar. Well, we've seen um, that. I mean, dollars, yeah. especially well, well, today. We've seen some blaming, but we with the dollars it definitely strengthened a lot. But if there's anything I haven't seen a lot, I haven't seen a That's lot true. of companies blame yeah. stronger dollar as a as a as a blame for the weakness. True. Whereas in 2016, it was almost like every and Rob I'm sure remembers this. Every single earnings report for two quarters was well, the super strong dollar pretty much killed it. Well, you had gone you, know? you had gone from a very low like within 6 months you had, you know, like significantly changed the situation there. Uh, you know, between let's say September of uh, 14 and um, you know, mid uh, was it June of, you know, June of 15 and then again in 16 you had another leg up there. Those were big legs compared to this one. Those were big legs, but you you just I, I you haven't really seen a whole lot of blaming for it. But you know I would say hey look if you if you have another quarter or two of of deceleration um, from from key names that's something you definitely have to pay attention to. And again as far as me I've kind of already planned for it. I mean I'm not you know I I kind of quit embracing and chasing the most expensive high revenue growth stocks, I don't know, two or three quarters ago. So, so for me, it's, it's kind of all, it's, it's going to come to pass. And the, the most expensive stocks doesn't really matter what the issue is. You know, at some point leadership just has to change. So that, that's still sort of my, my end point. In the past, people look at companies like Cisco for you know, generalized spending trends. But I think these days, it's more spending in the cloud. That if you look at names like ServiceNow, Workday, and Salesforce, as long as they're still doing okay, ServiceNow was able to put up 37% growth in Q3. And I don't see any real slowdown there. I mean, there's just some deceleration, but nothing. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, Cisco's going to report on, uh, on the 14th here. You know, we're going to see what happens. Uh, we still have NVIDIA, you know, yet to report, but I think everybody's, you know, kind of. Uh, I mean, the, I guess the question is how ugly could it be or or how good could it be? And this whole thing could reverse there for them. Um, but I want to, before we get to some of the names that have yet to report, and there are a couple of really good ones like Workday and Splunk and, um, and some others, um, Apple. So obviously the numbers were pretty good, um, but they decided to stop reporting iPhone sales. And I think historically, when this happens in the market, it is not a very good sign. Um, people, you know, the market obviously likes, uh, you know, a higher amount of um, transparency, you know, than a lower one. I guess, you know, the stock was down 5% today. The market got absolutely hammered. Where do you guys fall out with how important Apple is to this entire ecosystem? Um, is this a situation where you could have, you know, Apple significantly affecting the portfolios of, of, you know, hedge fund and asset managers and thus could drag everything else with it. It's a pretty high uh, percentage of, you know, the NASDAQ and, and uh, the S&P 500. Um, you know, wh- what are your thoughts? And I guess the same thing goes for Facebook as they have, um, you know, not the same issues, but obviously, you know, different ones on the regulatory side. Rob, you want to go first this time? Um yeah, I just with Apple. I mean, I think that um, 
know, we're already down so much off the highs that uh, I kind of feel like the worst is over. I mean, I understand they're trying to change the narrative and move it away from unit sales, and they want um, people to concentrate on services revenue with basically installed bases of, uh, of iPhones and things. Um, so I just, and I guess this is the way to do it. I mean, just, just take the numbers away. But I'm, you know, I just fast, but, um, I just, I guess for Apple in particular, I don't, I think it'll take a few quarters, but eventually the market will get used to it. And I'm sure they'll, they'll release certain numbers when they have to that are, that are really good and, uh, make, you know, show how things are going. So, uh, I'm not, I'm not too concerned really about, about Apple. So here's, here's my issue with that line of, thinking regarding the shift to the services revenue. Yeah, the services revenue is good, although it did come in, I think, below what everybody had expected this quarter on the on the growth side. My issue more is that you don't have the services revenue without the installed base of iPhones. If you lose the iPhone installed base, you lose the service revenue as well because it all comes from having everybody on that platform. And I think, yeah, but Lisa, oh, go ahead. Go ahead I just think the scare is that like, you can't sit there and say, oh, but the service revenue is climbing. Well, but yeah, but the service revenue is dependent on the hardware revenue in a sense. You lose one, you lose both. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll chime in. So, so you're, there's one thing to have slower hardware growth. And there's another thing to actually lose a global share of hardware. And so the one, the one thing about, so this, this was a big thesis of mine in 2013, even though you had 1.3 billion Android phones and you only had, I think the installed base was 350 million iOS devices total, the, the respective app stores total revenue. Um, so even on a much smaller base, Apple did 95 to 97% of global app store revenue. So you you know it, it was far more valuable to have three three hundred fifty million iOS devices and and that app store revenue than it was to have one point three billion Android devices. Sure, so, but I guess yeah, but I guess look at it look at it this way: like if you if you lose the lead on having everybody want to buy an iPhone here, how many years or quarters? Let's put it in quarters. How many quarters until you've started to see a significant erosion of installed base market share. Is it four quarters? Is it eight quarters? Is it like, how long do you have? Well, you would actually have to have though quarters where Apple's losing share. So, so just because uh, Apple hardware sales are, are slowing down, doesn't mean there's zero or there's negative growth and they're actually losing market share to Android. Well, wait, so but, but but isn't this isn't this in a sense a zero sum? This is a bit of a zero sum game at this point, right? I think what did we get? It was a couple quarters ago that we had reached like complete penetration, basically, or saturation of uh, of, of mobile phones, you know, throughout the developed and and even developing world, you know, including China. Um, and, and so, yeah, like, isn't it kind of a zero sum game at this point that if Apple sales decline, that you would assume that sales of other, let's say Android devices would be significantly increasing. And thus over a a period of one to two years, you would get a reasonable shift in, in market share. No, uh, yes, but you, you would. You would actually have to have Apple sales decline and have Android sales right. increase. Right. Well, that is that is the assumption. Which we have not seen yet. Sure, that is that is the assumption here. But my point being that if that were to happen, that the services revenue would take a hit, or at least the growth in the services revenue would take a hit, and the fact that they are pulling the iPhone numbers, the fear is that that is a precursor to the decline in iPhone sales numbers. Well, the thing is, then I think they're supposed to end this year with like over 700 million iPhone sold base. So, and those people are most likely to buy another iPhone, and so they have a huge install base of people to sell services to and sell them more phones. So, I mean, I think like Sean said, as long as they're not losing market share, I mean, we're not assuming that iPhone sales are going to go away. And they have a huge base of people that are going to repeat buy. Yeah, I, I, my only issue with that line of thinking is I think that there's some very serious PTSD from everybody who lived through the BlackBerry kind of, you know, decline. 
No, really. Yeah. Like the market has yeah. a long memory. That that thing happened way faster than everybody expected, you know, and all of a sudden well, well, but you know, okay, and everybody so, was so like, hate- wait, wait. And everybody was like, Oh, nobody will ever stop using BBM. And I was like, it's fucking BBM. Who cares about BBM? Right. And overnight everybody was gone. But that was because they were facing new rivals. I mean, who who's gonna come up with the Against Apple. Well, yeah, I no. Mean, so my my point is kind of that who knows what the next thing is. Maybe it's Google. Google gets an AI right. Maybe Amazon gets an AI. Maybe somebody else gets an AI right. Right. Or maybe somebody comes out with AR that actually works or whatever it is. Who knows? But I think the market gets really twitchy when you know Apple goes. Well, you know, we're not going to really report the iPhone numbers anymore. So you're not really going to know what that installed. Bit. You know, you're not really going to know what those numbers are. And maybe you can back into it through the revenue. But I, you know, that scares me, or that would scare me. Like if you told me that I need to hold Apple for the next five years, that would scare me a little bit. Well, we'll put it this way. I don't, you know, I, Hey, I haven't liked Apple pretty much all year long. You know, you know, as a former person who was like one of the most ardent Apple bulls on the planet. Well, I have been a few times, but you know, there've been times I haven't liked the stock. So I, I can like the company, but I can dislike the stock. And that's kind of where, that's kind of where I've been for now the better part of 12 months, maybe even 18 months. And so, so I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm like super, the super ardent, like permeable out defending Apple. Cause, cause I'm not, but, but I think Lee, you're donning, you're donning the Uber bear suit. On, yes. This is Apple. the, this is the, uh, the thorny crown of entropy. Uh, yeah. You're, you're, you're donning the Armageddon. <laughs> yes. the Armageddon. No, bear yeah. Suit. Look, this it, is, this is it, a bit of the devil's advocate kind of <laughs> like, what would the worst case scenario look like? And are people maybe backing into that, you know, right now for some reason? Here's, here's my, here's my hard and fast view on Apple. They kind of got away with two to three squishy, mediocre quarters mm-hmm. where the stock held and went up, mm-hmm. and it probably shouldn't have. And so now they have a, a quarter where it, it's another mediocre quarter, maybe officially a guide lower, and I think people are kind of overreacting. Now, by the way, this stock, to me, you know, Apple's not expensive versus no, the world, super cheap. but it's expensive versus itself. So in other words... You know, when I loved Apple, it was literally trading six, seven times net of cash. It's trading 17 times now. And they've converted a lot of net cash into debt with a share buyback. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not nearly as sexy of a name that was trading four times net cash uh, in 2013. Um, but again, we'll, we'll see. By the way, I do want to say something. I think there's a huge misunderstanding. So like Lumentum guided lower. The people that say this is all iPhones and not share shift, I think just literally can't do a Google search. Yeah, that was pretty because, poor analysis by some of those people. Well, yeah, like, because, well, because you don't, yeah, Finistar, you don't think there's another supplier out there who well, might no, have fin- taken Finistar that? Finistar was slated. Finistar was slated to actually gain a lot of share, which is exactly why Apple invested four hundred million dollars in them mm-hmm. about a year ago. And so IIVI just bought Finistar. In my view, they just stole Finistar. But, but there is a big share shift. I mean, if you look at the guide downs by Cirrus, Skyworks, and Avago, they were maybe in the three to four percent, maybe five percent area. So, so yeah, okay. So maybe Lumentum had, uh, you know, a, a slight guide down from Apple uh, product sales, but literally 85 to 90 percent of that guide down i think is a share shift to another supplier and literally nobody's mentioned that today i'm the only person i think that's put anything in writing to to that effect today so so i think i think far too much is being made out of it but yes it's but put this way here's the deal i was uh you know part of the reason i i was a huge apple bull was they invented the iphone okay they're the company that changed the industry they're the company that killed blackberry which became rim Mm -hmm. So, hey, if you show me another device, I mean, I can evaluate a device and tell you if a device is going to be an iPhone killer. I have I have not seen anything on the horizon at all. So, uh, and I look at a lot of this stuff. No, no, so, I think so, yeah. I think the next thing that kills Apple is not a device; it is an AI. It is a it is it is software that uh, well, is, sure you know embedded into the OS that absolutely blows iOS out of the water. But but you're you're gonna have to show me something that I haven't seen. I yeah, it doesn't exist yet. Yeah, it doesn't exist no. yet. No. Nope. Um, 
thoughts around, you know, uh, some of these other names and, and generally how much of an impact, you know, this is going to have on the broader market? Because, I mean, you know, everything that I see uh, when I look at these indices tells me that we are either in or headed for a bear market at this point. Um, you know, from the technicals to some of the economic forecasts, uh, you know, uh, the rotation in sectors, um, you know, and it's tough to invest in some of these high growth names into, uh, you know, in, into a, let's, you know, a bear market or, you know, th these tags are obviously useless tags, right? But because by the time you get into the quote unquote, oh, it's a bear market, well, then it's mostly over, you know, uh, almost all of the time. So we're uh, we're about eight percent down from the highs, seven or eight percent down from the highs right now. Now the thing is, we talked about this on the podcast, I think last week or the week before. You know, markets tend to not crash from all-time highs, and you know we were right there. Not you know not only a couple of weeks ago, um, they tend to take time you know to top out, and there's a process where uh, you know the momentum names kind of wash around and. Um, you know, people get sucked back in and then, you know, other smarter people get time to, you know, unload stock and get out, you know, uh, you know, go read your Edwards and McGee, basically, um, you know, to get the, the psychology of how these things work. And it kind of feels like, you know, uh, in, in this process, it's always the, the news tends to be kind of in the direction of the trend, which is now down. And, uh, you know, and that goes not only for the whole market, but individual names. So, you know, today we have more bad news about tariffs. Um, you know, there's there's some issues with rising rates. Obviously, that's going to have an impact on uh, money into, you know, early stage technology companies as it becomes more expensive. Um, companies that are highly levered are going to have issues. I guess I wanted to ask you guys, you know, are there, are there issues in technology land associated with you know, highly levered companies, or is that kind of not, um, you know, not par for the course for the industry? That's kind of other other industries. Well, I'm going to keep my answer real short because I think we're in the same as where I said, like, I think we are in a bear market for FANG and highly valued technology stocks. And I don't think it's over yet, uh, which is why I rotated all my funds to some shorts and value stocks. Um and even the value stocks are going down because when, when Apple and Fang and Facebook and Amazon go down, by the way, wh where did we correct? Where did we start correcting yesterday today? 250 points after Amazon rallied off the low, L literally almost to the dollar. The, the low was 1500. We hit 1750 again, give or take five points. And <laughs> it was almost like they turned on the algos and said, sell everything now because Amazon rallied 250 points off the low. So I, I think we're in a bear market for Fang. I think we're in a bear market for highly valued tech stocks. We can talk about all the particulars. But I think, again, you, so here's your timing question. When did this start? Did it start October 1 or September 1? Or have we kind of been in a rotating slash rolling bear since the first two big sell-offs in January and February? So – you pick your pick your point, but the typical the typical sell off cycles anywhere from you know fourteen to eighteen months. Yeah. The one thing I've been watching the Russell two thousand, which on this latest sell off, I think led the way, and um, so it you know we had to, it had to bounce off the October low with, with the rest of the market, and now I'm kind of seeing it if we're going to test that low or what's going to happen there. So I'm not giving up on totally bull case yet. Until that breaks down, and or until we get, until we take out those lows from October, but it was a pretty weak rally, I thought, in November. Uh, you know, that early November rally. Why do you think? Um, why but, do you think you know, those lows? Why do you think those lows are so important here? Is that is that just because there was a lot of volume on that last move down in the in the Russell, and that yeah. you know it, it also corresponded with the lows from what was that April uh, and uh, you know was it April and uh, and February. Right, and I and I saw, and we had, you know, that was a pretty substantial move. Like just on the, uh, you know, from September first or somewhere around there, I think was when the Russell two thousand tops on this boat. Mm -hmm. So it, it was, and so now I think we have this rally, and now if we're going to get another leg down, we're kind of at the critical level or coming up on it if we get a retest of that. Yep. So, um, but you know, even in like uh, small cap tech, like for example, Talend, which got destroyed last week when they 
uh, issued weak guidance. I mean, if you look at the valuation on that, it's not bad now, and uh, it's kind of a company-specific issue there. So I still think even if even if we do get a you know if we do pull back, um, there are still names that are not trading at such crazy valuation. Interesting. Um, I want to bring up a couple more names before we get to you know the stuff that uh, is yet to report. Um, uh, one of my favorites, Match, got absolutely slaughtered off of what was a pretty good report. Uh, you know, there was some slowdown in um, uh, in the growth of the underlying, uh, 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 what's it called? Um, now I'm blanking on the name of the subscription um, uh, total paid memberships. Uh, so we slowed from uh, 27% to 23%, although, you know, they were doing they were doing 15 and 18% back in Q2 and Q3, 17. So I didn't quite understand, uh, you know, exactly what's going on there. The guidance, you know, wasn't amazing for, um, you know, go forward. But I just feel like amongst all the names, you know, this was one that uh, if we are kind of in some kind of uh, broader economic issue, you know, wouldn't get hit uh, as hard. Like, you know, people don't necessarily stop dating uh, or, or paying for, you know, dating apps. Uh, but the stock has continued to sell off. Now trades at uh, 41, hits 60, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. So, you know, significantly on sale here, uh, kind of filled that gap from the last earnings release where it, it gapped up big. So I feel like this is probably, you know, a, a good chance to step in here, uh, at least for a trade. But I, the overall market scares me. So you'd have to offset it, you know, with some kind of hedge. Uh, but long term, you know, I, you know, I like match, you know, down here at these levels. So that one was weird. The other one that really my other kind of pick was Grubhub. And that one got slaughtered as well. Um, also, you know, don't quite understand, uh, what happened with that too. Uh, so, you know, uh, Yelp had a really hard time. So maybe the Grubhub, uh, thing kind of, uh, presaged, uh, you know, the, the Yelp report. Um, what do you guys think about what happened to Yelp? Because that is a disaster, uh, of a print. Well, Yelp is a, is a company that, <clears throat> that I've, I've known pretty well and I've, I've actually kind of traded it several times kind of at key points. And, uh, you know, here, here's what I'll say about Yelp. It, it has a habit of making everybody think it's like one of the greatest Internet companies in the world and also has a habit of making people think, oh, my God, it's a terrible company. So, so the, the, one, the one thing I've always done is I've, I've never, never chased momentum on the stock and I've, I've tended to buy it. It was one of my big winners actually in 2016 because I, I tend to only buy it if it's if, if it's basically distressed. I, I wouldn't call it distressed yet. By the way, Zillow looks the same. If you pull well, up, well, that was Zillow, an even worse. And there's so many issues with Zillow that we can go into yep, if you guys want to. But yep. oh god, that was ugly. Zillow, so Zillow is the same. I've only ever bought Zillow when 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 finally people come out. The people who are probably the biggest bulls on it come out and completely turn tail and say. God, this is the worst company in the world. Then it's usually a pretty good buy. Um, so Yelp and Zillow are, are kind of similar. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, Yelp, uh, there, there's some very, very smart people that have uh, pretty heady estimates on like what this thing could get taken out for. Mm -hmm. uh, personally, I don't know. I would probably need something in the, you know, 22 to 25 before I'd get interested on the long side. To, to me, it's almost in tweener land now. It's like, it's probably not cheap enough to buy, at least for what I do. But I, I, it's probably not a good short now. It was a good short before. Yeah, it's it's um, it's interesting that after hitting thirty, it opened it opened below thirty and now trades thirty four. And like on a terrible day for the Nasdaq, it was up almost seven percent. So there's oh, yeah. there's obviously bottom fishers, you know, coming in here. But uh, I don't know what they're going for. I really like it. Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it is just takeout value, right? It's probably takeout value. I mean, there's there they definitely have institutional sponsorship. They have had well, they probably the only time they probably didn't have it was early sixteen, late fifteen. Every every time all, all their other history, they have it. I mean, here the one thing about here's the one thing I've said about Yelp. They, everybody in the world has come after them with a competing product, including Google, mm -hmm. and nobody's really competed with them very well. So so the one good thing about Yelp, when they do poorly, it's because of the they make mistakes and they mess something up and they do poorly. When they do good, it's because of them. So in other words, the one thing that doesn't tend to hurt them or affect them hardly at all is competition. 
and they've withstood they've withstood competition from like literally the who's who of Silicon Valley, and nobody's really been able to make any inroads against them. Yeah. So let's turn to some of the names that uh, have yet to report here. Uh, and there are some really interesting ones, you know, including NVIDIA, which has just been absolutely demolished. Uh, Cisco, which Rob mentioned as, you know, what is going to be kind of a, another interesting, you know, data point for the enterprise, uh, you know, tech cycle. Um, we still have Salesforce, which, of course, you know, this all started with Beanoff kind of saying what he was seeing coming forward, which he's been absolutely right about. Um, Palo Alto is still yet to report. Uh, we, you know, we've seen some good strength from the uh, uh, the cybersecurity uh, industry. Um, Workday, which has been kind of, you know, still uh, holding up here, I think, you know, just punching it in here. But I think that one, um, oh, no, I just punched up the wrong thing there. Uh, Workday, Workday, there we go. Um, has still hung in there, kind of looks, you know, similar to Shopify. In fact, a little bit better than Shopify. Uh, Workday and both Workday and Zendesk continue to kind of hold in. Zendesk has, you know, seen um, a little bit more pullback. But Workday still looks pretty good. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they put up a good number and then get uh, and then get slammed like the rest of them. Um, interestingly, consensus change for Workday on the revenue side over the last 90 days has been plus 3% from Estimize. So, you know, um, upward revisions to the revenue numbers. Let's see if they can beat those. Splunk still report. Uh, applied materials still to report. So that should be interesting in the semiconductor industry. Um, Intuit and uh, and Box. I'm really still not a fan of Box, uh, but you know that thing. Continue, I'm not either. Continues to defy you know whatever. Um, and then we've got uh, Marble Finisair. Uh, uh, YY actually reported this afternoon. Um, let's see what else that we have that's interesting. Weibo uh, is still yet to report, uh, so that'll be interesting out of China. Um, and that's, that's most of it. And then Nutanix, uh, will report as well. We'll get Hewlett Packard, um, uh, and, and some other names, but, uh, I don't know what, what interests you out of that group and, and what are you looking for, uh, Sean? Well, I mean, there's, it's, it's funny because now, so, so it used to be that a ton of the most interesting and best reports were all early in the quarter. Um, and then something funny happened around 2014, 15, or maybe 13, 14, when you all of a sudden had now Splunk, Palo Alto, Workday become public companies, right? And then for, for whatever reason, they're all late reporters. I don't understand why they did that. Yeah, no, but, but, but anyway, so, so in recent years, what's been very interesting, sometimes you'll have sort of a sluggish or tepid or even almost a bearish sort of earnings season. And then you get into, again, what, what I call the new growth star, long-term growth stars. Again, you know, like pretty much as long as we've been doing these, I've liked Splunk and Workday mm -hmm. and more often than not Palo Alto and things like that. And so, you know, I actually think, I, you know, most of the ones that Rob and I said we liked and we thought we're going to be still have been pretty good this quarter, you know. Um, and I, I think if he were still here, I mean, those names, the Workdays, the Splunks. So Palo Alto sets up, very interesting, in fact, because uh, all the growth security names, the growth software names in particular, have reported pretty good. Palo Alto, I mean, this thing's a huge, working on a huge correction right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a buy rec on this thing between 135 and 145 about a year ago. I'd love to. Uh, I'd love it. to see this thing after a report that looks good, but but gets you know taken down. Oh, anyway. absolutely. Like 155 to 150 would be. Oh yeah. Like screaming buy, yeah. Absolutely. But anyway, so I had, so I, you know, I liked it a lot, you know, 40 points cheaper, but Hey, it went a hundred points. I took it off. And, uh, again, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I'm, I'm maybe even a little higher than you. I, I think 165 is, I think it starts getting pretty darn attractive because you, you know, you've got a year where the stock has now not done much and they've had another 30, 40% growth here. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Splunk is the same. I mean, Splunk finally broke out. Um, you, you, the one thing I'll say, this is interesting. I think Splunk is a really good tell for the whole space. So if you notice that Splunk was one of the first stocks to correct it. So a lot of stocks didn't start correcting hard till October. Splunk started correcting in September. You know, it was one, really one of the first stocks, first software names put in a 20 to a 30% correction. And then 
I mean, look, look, if Splunk, if people aren't buying Splunk, they're probably not going to buy anything. Um, so, but I, I think things look pretty good for Splunk, Workday, Palo Alto, I think all look good. Cisco could be a little bit, yeah, that stock's worked pretty good, been, you know, been pretty loved this year. Uh, I don't know. What are, what are your people in Estimize saying? I would, I would almost say Cisco, it's still a cheap stock, but, you know, it's, it's had a pretty good move last 18 months. So I'm not sure uh they're not priced to perfection but they're not priced to miss like they used to be the spunk um, uh, the spunk thing is interesting because uh last quarter they did 39 percent year over year on the revenue side and uh the quarter before that was 29 quarter before that 37 so it's been very uneven kind of revenue growth uh but still in a in a really good range it's just they they tend to have these weird quarters um, expectations here for this quarter are uh, about 33% year over year. So, you know, how are they going to look at that compared to the year over year comp uh, from Q3 18 at 34? You know, I, I would assume that that would be looked at pretty well. I guess it's just a question of, you know, overall market environment. The thing about Splunk that scares me is that chart is fugly here. Like that chart is really ugly. It wasn't able to make it back above uh, an important, you know, or really hold above an important point here, right around a hundred bucks. And it lost that today. Um, and if they lose 90, I think that thing is headed for, uh, you know, for 70 probably to close the gap from uh, what was this uh, November of uh, 17. And, you know, that would correspond to a bigger meltdown, you know, in the market. And then it would put the stock in play for a longer term kind of, uh, you know, purchase. But, yeah, I mean, this is the kind of environment where, um, I, you know, I wouldn't want to flip a coin on this one between being long and short in this kind of environment, even if they put up a good number, because that's what happens in these environments. You know, people tend to shoot first and, uh, and ask questions later. Um, Cisco, you know, Cisco is interesting, you know, as Rob said, just from a broader uh, perspective, expectations here are um, on the revenue side. About 6% year-over-year revenue growth. That's against six last quarter, for the quarter before that. The Q119 comp uh, against Q118 is actually negative two uh, off of negative four for Q417. So the, the comp is pretty, I mean, it's really easy here. Not as easy as last quarter. But, um, you know, for, for Cisco, this wouldn't be the quarter where I would sit there and say, oh, you know, they could miss huge. Um, I, I actually wouldn't worry about this thing uh, too much going to the report. Um, and the stock has actually acted pretty well, honestly, up until today when it was down 3%. But it's hung in there better than a lot of the other ones. Um, and I think that says something. You know, obviously, um, you know, it's one of the lower beta names, which is good in this environment. We've seen that rotation. Um, I'm, I'm just looking through the list of the other names and, and one of them that we haven't really talked about, but has been a really good IPO DocuSign, uh, kind of stands out to me. Um, so I, I wanted to get your opinion on that. Uh, you know, they, they came public, uh, they, they opened the day they came public around 37 stock trades at 41 right now. They did hit like 67 sometime in September. So the stock has pulled back a lot since then. Um, but you know, it, it's growing really well. It's generally, uh, a product that I think everybody uses. They do have some competitors, hello sign and, uh, and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, g generally, uh, a very make sense, uh, product, you know, on a go forward basis relative to something like box, which I think we both agree. I, I just don't understand why people pay for that thing or, or where that growth is coming from. But growth in DocuSign expected at about 34% uh, year over year versus 33 last quarter. They've grown at a mid thirties number for, you know, a number of, uh, you know, since Q118, they're, they're going to report Q319 here. That's the quarter that they're in. Um, so, you know, I don't know what, what, what's your view on some of these enterprise names, the smaller ones versus, versus box. I really don't understand that name. Well, I'm I'm kind of with you on DocuSign. I mean, I, in fact, I was I was just gonna say I'd probably I'd probably prefer something like a DocuSign, given its growth and relative valuation, over something like 
oh, I don't know, so, some of these newer IPOs that 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 trade a lot rich, more richly than them, maybe something like a, a Zscaler yeah. or, you know, all these other ones that, that tend to be quite a bit more expensive. Again, Rob mentioned Talon, Talon, uh, you know, they got absolutely crushed. They're down 50%. Now it's starting to get interesting to me. But I, yeah, uh, I, I think a DocuSign, I didn't like it um, early on. I thought it was a little too expensive, but they've, They've been able to put in a few quarters. They've come off off the high a lot. Of, a lot. Um, so, yeah, it's more interesting now. I, I almost kind of think some of these names have kind of been pre-sold. Um, so so they've basically gotten sold sort of in anticipation of something might – something could happen to them that's not so great. And yet they kind of keep delivering. So uh, – and, and if, I'm, if I'm right here, let me pull it up. I don't, I don't think this one is nearly as egregiously overvalued um, – yeah, I mean, I, I I'm showing them. Uh, they're not cheap, but but they're not they're they're a lot more reasonable than oh. In fact, I have this right by MongoDB as mm-hmm. an example. Yeah. So you know, it's a lot more attractive than a MongoDB and various other names like that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of DocuSign, that thing's basically been cut in half from uh, from June, so or June or July. Uh, and probably rightfully so. I think that thing has more downside from here. Um, but you know, uh, we're going to, we're going to wrap it up there. You know, generally, um, you know, I think there's some fear out there in the water and the biggest question is, you know, is this your chance to hop in kind of, you know, with the market down eight, 10% with some of these names down 20, 30%. Uh, or is this the beginning of a larger kind of meltdown, in which case these high beta growth names are going to continue to get smacked around and, you know, you're going to get uh, uh, punished for trying to, you know, pick some quote unquote value here uh, in some of these names longer term. Uh, I tend to fall on the side of, uh, you know, keeping hands off for a little bit more here until some of the things that, uh, you know, scare me and prove, but, you know, um, fortune favors the bold, right? Uh, that's why, uh, I am not a value trader that I'm a momentum trader. And that's why we have people like Sean and and Rob on here who are better at, uh, you know, picking some of the value out of the basket when things get a little rough, like they have now, I tend to run for the Hills and, you know, these guys tend to, uh, you know, to perform better in these environments. Um, unfortunately we lost Rob about three quarters of the way through the call. Um, we're, uh, we'll just check in with him and make sure everything's okay, but I'm sure it is. Sean, thanks for joining. Um, Leora, thank you for, uh, uh, for producing the podcast here this week as Christine is uh, out today and we will see everybody back on the Estimize Roundtable next week. Estimize is an open financial estimates platform designed to collect forward-looking financial estimates from independent buy-side and sell-side analysts, along with those of private investors and academics. Currently, over 62,000 analysts contribute to Estimize, resulting in coverage of over 2,200 stocks and 80 economic indicators each quarter. The Estimize consensus has proven more accurate than comparable sell-side data sets over 74% of the time. Become a part of our community by visiting us at Estimize.com and check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter with the handle Estimize. Due to our access to the confidential identities of hedge funds, which post estimates on Estimize.com, Estimize and its employees have agreed not to own individual stocks. Guests which appear on our podcast may or may not have positions in the equities discussed. All the opinions shared on today's show belong to the individuals that express them and nothing said on this podcast should be considered investment advice.